What is up, everybody? Welcome to Roll for Persuasion. I am your host, Andrew Richardson. Thank you guys so much for joining me for yet another episode where we have awesome conversations with awesome creators in the tabletop gaming space. Before we jump into today's episode, let's get a little business out of the way. If you do not subscribe to the show, please do that. Take your podcast app of choice, hit that little star, that little subscribe button, make it happen. It means a lot to me. Certainly appreciate it. It's what helps us keep this show going. If you are an Apple user, go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. An honest one or you know, really just make it a five-star one, whether that's honest or not. Just you know, lean into it. Go for it. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. Also, podchaser.com is a place, great place to go and leave reviews if you're not an Apple user. We appreciate those reviews as well. This show, as you know, is brought to you by one awesome sponsor and actually a brand new sponsor that we'll get to in just a second. But first, let's say a quick word about my favorite brand, Smuggler's Coffee. I am an avid coffee drinker and I'm good friends with guys over at Smugglers and they make delicious barrel aged coffee. It is fantastic. You do not want to miss out. If you enjoy coffee and you haven't tried barrel aged coffee, you really, really need to um, because it, it's something else. It's another level. So make sure you go to store.smugglerscoffee.com. Uh, I like to tell everyone Tomb of Caffeination is my favorite. So go check them out. Store.smugglerscoffee.com. And I'm very excited to say that we now have a partnership with another one of my favorite companies, Eldritch Foundry. If you're into tabletop gaming and you like miniatures, you like painting miniatures, you play D&D, you want to have an awesome character there on the table, Eldritch Foundry is the way to go. I backed their Kickstarter earlier this year. They're now public. You can go on there and make a custom mini, pick any race you want, all the different gear, weapons, everything customized right there. They will 3D print it and send it to you. And if you use my code Roll Persuasion at checkout, you will save 10% and you will also support this show. And both of those are good things. So make sure you go to eldritch-foundry.com. My miniature is on its way. I'm very excited. I will do a, a, a video review once it is here and it is painted, but I'm very excited to be working with them. So again, eldritch-foundry.com and Roll Persuasion is the code at checkout to make a sweet, sweet miniature. So... I know I like to say that I'm very excited about guests I have on the show, and it is always true, but I am very excited about the guests we have today. I like talking to fellow podcasters, not least of all because I know they're going to have great audio quality, but also because uh, they're typically awesome creative people, and these two fine folks are no exception. Danny and Bill, what is going on, guys? Hey, how are you going? Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for joining me. So Danny and Bill are the host of a really cool show called Escape This Podcast, which is an escape room show, right? It's it's an interactive escape room show where you have different guests on and you take them through these rooms that you built. Am I getting it right? Yeah, so uh, effectively, Danny designs escape rooms as audio-only games. They play like a D&D campaign or like an old text-based adventure. They have that sort of feel. It's, she describes the room, the puzzles, and as you walk through and solve them, full of narrative characters. They're, they're, I quite enjoy them. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so we have guests on every episode and they play through the room and they try and solve it and get out. Um, and we also make all of the games freely available. So anybody at home can download the full room and run it themselves. They can be the, the GM and they can run friends through it, family through it. Uh, we had someone who was running their students through it because they were a year nine teacher at school, a whole bunch of fun stuff like that. So, so yeah, so we have guests come on and play them on the show but, and you can listen along. And you can also play them at home. I love that you put on your advertiser's voice when you're talking about the free stuff. Well, it's free. <laughs> it's great, right? I like free stuff. I'm glad we give people things. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I'm going to assume that most people know what an escape room is, but let's pretend that I have three listeners out there who don't. Real quick, describe an escape room like a normal traditional escape room experience for All someone right. maybe who hasn't done it before. Fair enough. So a real escape room is an actual physical location, like in a store, that sort of thing. So you will go into the space and they will take you into a specific room and they will quote unquote lock you in and you find yourself trapped in a room with a story and many, many puzzles. And the only way that you can free yourself from this room and do any other goal that they might ask you to do is by solving these puzzles in this real location. Hmm. And like they're not just standalone puzzles. They're often they're, they're usually if they're done well, very integrated in there's secret doors that open up and like, and, 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 and tech tech that goes on in the background. And it's, it's always really interesting. There's a lot of variation from just padlocks and you find clues to wave at, a, at, at your hand through a laser so that a door unlocks and then something opens and falls from the ceiling. They get very technical. We've done a few. <laughs> and, and they also tend to be pretty like thematic, right? Like a lot of them tend to have like different like themes and a whole conceit that you're kind of wrapped up in. Exactly. Yes. So they give you a story. Often you have a role, you're a character, even if that's something as simple as you are trying to break into a bank or someone's stolen the codes for some nuclear missiles and you better stop the launch going off to very high concept. Weird. We did an amazing room in LA where your human test subjects in a uh, mm. in an intelligence test run by giant humanoid rats. It's all wonderful. Uh, so we've done a lot another of one where in LA where the entire character conceit is you are dogs. <laughs> That's right. We have done a room <laughs> as dogs. There's some fantastic creativity in the real rooms out there. It's amazing. That's awesome. So, so how long have you guys been doing um, escape rooms yourselves, like in person? <laughs> okay. So we started the podcast like, Two and, a, two and half a half years, years ago. ago. And we hadn't actually done, we'd only done maybe half a dozen rooms before that. Mm. So yeah, maybe, maybe three 2016, years. 2017-ish. I mean, the hobby itself isn't super old. That's we're not, true. It's not like we're late adopters really with three years sure. instead of five. But uh, yeah, yeah, we hadn't, I think there's a, there's a few people who do a lot of uh, stuff in escape rooms and it's not necessarily people with huge amounts of experience. We started doing this when we had done about a dozen rooms. Um, people start they build their own rooms when they've done three or four. Uh, and then there's people out there who've done a thousand rooms and 500 is, rooms. Right, it's an right. interesting industry because it is still more or less within, it's easily within the first decade of its existence. Mm. So yeah, some people are starting to get a feel for the industry and join in in that way, but others are still coming in with a completely fresh view. So it's true that having a huge amount of experience before getting into the industry and making your own thing can be good, but it's not always it's necessary. It's not always that common either, yeah. But yeah, we had a bit. We done twelve rooms. That's enough. <laughs> I think yeah. you're pushing and it. So, there. And so, what was it? What was it that like then made you go, okay, well, this is kind of a fun experience that I'm having, you know, in person. I want to take this and make this more of a, you know theater of the mind game and, oh, you know, put it on the internet, make a podcast out of it. And all right. So from the podcast perspective, Bill just wanted to make a podcast yeah. of something, I'm a of anything. I was a lot more reserved because I didn't feel like I knew enough about any particular topic to have a podcast about it. And I didn't really want to be a person who reads off Wikipedia articles. Mm. That was about the extent <laughs> right, of knowledge right. that I felt that I would have. So looking into it, escape rooms themselves for me I mean, I grew up on puzzles. Hmm. It was always a thing. Any sort of trivia, any sort of puzzly video game. And 
watching Survivor, things like that, mm. and putting them into an escape room where you are physically making things happen using yeah. your brain smarts, that just brought it all together. Yeah, and I think part of it was, you know, we'd, we'd been, we were really into escape rooms at the time. We had both, we're both uh, experienced with running uh, tabletop role-playing games uh, and writing tabletop role-playing games and, uh, and doing that sort of stuff. Danny has, is very experienced with narrative writing and story creation. And so it all sort of came together as at the end of a brainstorming session about what we could possibly do for a podcast that we went, I wonder if you could, I wonder if that would work in a, like a tabletop role-playing game. I think you put together a really basic like sequence of puzzles mm-hmm. in about 10 minutes. We trialed it out and saw that's really enjoyable to listen to. One of the things I was very excited about uh, from day one was, oh, you know, it's going to be great. People are going to listen to this. They're going to know the solution to the puzzle because they worked it out before our guest. And they're going to be going, what's wrong with you? Come on, figure it out, you idiot. You're so dumb. It's obvious. Check the box, you idiot. And I thought, right, right. that's a good reaction. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, and I've yeah, since yeah. been informed that a lot of people oh, do yeah. that. So I got exactly what I wanted out of the show. Uh that, but that's yeah, perfect. It's, it's just engaging. It was still tricky. Puzzles for radio. It took us a few episodes to kind of get a feel for what works really well in and an audio space. I'm sure with a tabletop role-playing background, you know this as well, that when people incorporate puzzles, there's always a funny line to draw in RPGs. Sometimes it feels like sure, it's going to yeah, work. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. And it can be quite yeah. hard. And so that was a, a, I think we hit that pretty quickly as to what we thought sounded good uh, and how to edit them to, to get the flow of puzzles. Cause there's, there's sure, that, yeah. that, that risk that like sometimes, you know, you're just going to sit there going, Oh, I don't know what's going on. Right. Like someone's following some chain of thought. And I've got no idea. It's like when you play an old Sierra adventure game and they're just like, obviously use the, the crowbar the on the towel, you know, and you're played. like, yeah, and he's like, I don't, I don't get where you're at, and so you really want to avoid that yeah. with your audience. That was a, that was a, a difficult thing coming in, but mm-hmm. I think we we hit it pretty quickly. Um, no, you know, bad. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, our first couple of episodes had maths in them, and maths was fun, but I, I think it, it's a good, it's a reason we took it out. Yeah, yeah. fair. Hard to follow. So, kind of talking about that balance, how do mm. you kind of sense the moment as you're running the room um, with whoever your guest might be? Uh, of making sure that they're not getting too frustrated, but you're not just giving them the answer to clues. Um, is there kind of a pressure there to to kind of keep the ball rolling for them so they're still having a good time? Or for the most part, does that flow fairly easily? Uh, sure, I definitely keep it in mind a lot. Uh, I mentioned before we started recording, I'm terrible at improvising. All of my game mastering notes for the escape rooms are pretty much word for word there. I do not deviate from my script very often, (laughs) but if something is coming up in that sort of moment, I very much like, I don't like to give away answers. No, no, you are very, very good at the the manner in which you hint. But I, I really like being able to, like the whole point of solving puzzles is that the person wants to feel really good and accomplished at the end of it. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. have to try to find that line of if someone does seem like they are struggling with the thing, either letting them know that it's okay to leave that for now without telling them, nah, you're never going to get it. Or being able to say, look, you are very close to this. I, and then they say, I think maybe if you think about it from this sort of perspective instead, then maybe it'll help out, but you are very close mm. and that sort of thing. And I'm just a- being able to sort of 
Yeah, it feels more like gentle steering. Yeah, I think the way it works uh, in general is so much of getting through the rooms is about about making that that little like mental connection that you need to make. So we talk about in our show what the audio equivalent is of searching. Because in an escape room, a big right. part of what sticks people is they can't find the right stuff. You know, they opened the drawer, but they didn't like reach their hand in and, and reach underneath to find the key that was in there. Right. There's right. Yeah. And yeah, now yeah. that's something that in a tabletop setting, it's, it's, it's really hard to replicate. You know, D&D does it by just saying, roll a die. How well did you look at that thing for a perception check? Sure. Right. Which doesn't exist within the concept of our, within the, the, the setting of our rooms. So. What we have, and I think this is something that we can transition more and more into normal role-playing games, is searching by word association, effectively, right? So you find something at the start of the room, and it looks like it would fit like a cylindrical hole. Cylindrical. I'm glad you used that example. So it's a hole. It's like a long cylinder, right? You don't don't say something would go in it. You just say there's like a deep, like cylindrical hole. And then right. 20, 30 minutes later, they're um, going through like a stack of stuff in a drawer. And you explain, you describe the drawer and you say, okay, so the drawer, you know, it's full of a whole lot of things. There's, there's like long uh, kind of like cylindrical, like uh, rolling pins. There's da, da, da. And you just, you just go quickly over it. And the searching in an audio setting is someone going, oh, oh, cylindrical. I heard that word 20 minutes ago. Don't we need a cylinder? Right. And then they yeah, find yeah. it and they put it back. And so when you try and hint you're just like retouching mm, on those connections. That's a good way of putting it. You know, yeah. so you you just you just re, you, you you pepper them into your speech so that they'll they'll find the word, right? You're not going. There's a cylinder in there, right? <laughs> sure. But you just you know you think just say like, what do you know about this about yeah, this thing? You get them to say it as yeah. soon as they say like, oh, we've got like a bunch of those sort of like round rods in there. Uh, what else am I looking for? Oh, wait, this needed a round rod, and they and they run off like, and so. In terms of like the searching of our rooms, that's it's all about keyword association, and it's and it's really inherent in a lot of the way you mm. describe stuff because you write that in. You you have words I tr- that are associated. I really try to make things. that happen, uh, and that's how you how you hint people, and then they still feel smart because they still make the connection. Right, you just right. let them. You just make it more and more overt as time <laughs> goes by. To like, well, you know. I feel like if you're looking for do you, does you have a cylindrical hole, do you know if there's any cylinders in the room? <laughs> Eventually, and they'll, they'll pay right, to it. We right. also get the nice out of, for the most part, when we have players come in, we bring them in in pairs. And I think that we should oh, just absolutely do that forever yeah, now. Solo players Minimum get two stuck. people. Pairs don't. Because just having another person saying words, sometimes they will say the right trigger word something. for the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a huge part. When someone, when, whenever people are stuck, we always, if they're in a pair, you just tell them to say anything they're thinking out loud. And, and, yeah. and what happens is people come up with the start of a thought and then the other person jumps in and goes, oh, my God, yes. And they end that thought. Neither of them could have got it themselves. They each have half the piece. And that's great. And that's very much a true thing in escape rooms as well. And I like that because it means that I don't have as much pressure on me to <laughs> have to decide whether someone's failing too badly at a puzzle or not, because mm. they will often get each other through it just yeah, enough. That's just, true. just fine. And you were talking about the accomplishment of solving the puzzle. Yes. And there's definitely, I mean, figuring out something on your own is great, but figuring it out with another person 
and like having shared inspiration, right? Mm. Where like, oh, you said that and made me think of this. And then I said this, it made yeah. you think of that. And we figured it out. That's a really cool feeling, right? Yeah. Like, That's a high five. Um, so it's cool that you share that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's like high five 80s movies, freeze, credits roll up. <laughs> you know, everybody's happy. I mean, just imagine that from a D&D perspective. Yes, you can kill the bad guy. Great. You shot him with his arrow. But if one of your teammates held him in place while you shot him with the arrow, that exactly. feels way cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So you guys start this podcast, um, you start having guests on from kind of a podcasting perspective. How did you go about finding people to be on your show? That was, was such just a, kind of throwing was, a net and hoping somebody would show up. Well, actually, it was a really obvious uh, sort of snowball thing that was going yeah, on. With our guests. So you can look at our seasons and each one has more of a kind of quote unquote real guest feeling. So when we started, because this was all new to, to, to both of us, uh, we did them in person. Every recording was done in person pretty much. And we always had, we had family and friends who wanted to be on it. You know, so a lot of, if you go back to season one, they're it's friends, almost they're all people friends. from our friends, friend groups, they're uh, my, my older and my younger brother are both, so, both on some episodes. Um, and so it's very much a personal connection to people we know, because we, you know, in the same way you'd set up a, a D&D game, right? You go, you say, hey, who wants to play a fun yeah, game? And yeah. we get some people... Uh, so, you know, and some of them had other projects that was good, you know, to be able to spruik their, their, their things on that they were doing online. Um, we, we do amateur musical theater. We got a few people from there and you had the episode come out while you could still buy tickets and things like that. Uh, during that season, we had our first, like, you know, a real guest because there's a, there's an escape room review podcast, escape room sort of discussion. Yeah. We podcast. started to yeah. realize that there was an escape room community yeah. that existed. And so by getting in contact with them and, and then getting in contact with the community through them, they came on the show. They were our first sort of like, like international guests coming in from Toronto and, and, and we just did it all on Skype and, and, and that went really well. So then as the second season continued, we had a few more of those sorts of peoples. By that point, I was on Twitter and Twitter I have found for me in terms of engaging with your audience, very hit and miss. It's sort of, you know, you occasionally you do. And there are definitely sure. some people that, yeah. we, that we talk to and know on Twitter who are just fans and it's lovely. But for me, Twitter has been a uh, tool for networking, especially with indie podcasters. Everyone's out there being like, oh, yeah. indie podcast, please help me. Um, and right. so you do, right? You talk and you, and, and I met a lot of really lovely friends through that and, and through the Reddit, um, the podcasting subreddit and podcast subreddit. And so throughout the second season, we started having a mix of family and friends in person and a lot of indie podcasters. We had people from, uh, I think the first episode of season two was, um, was uh, Derek from oh, yeah, uh, right. The Wild Pitch. He's now on um, Pop-Up Filmcast. I hope, hope you don't mind me putting all these extra podcasts <laughs> in the air, getting them free advertising. Um, we had, <laughs> I'll uh, send him an invoice afterwards. Yeah, it's we had the guys from um, Advanced Stage Russian Shootouts. We had the, the Dragon Friends. Dragon Friends, a whole bunch of, uh, of, of these other indie podcasts. Dragon Friends is actually good. They're yeah, a much, yeah. much bigger podcast than us. Mm. Um, and some of those were few. And, and also we had some other escape room people. We had escape room creators. We had Matt Lee who, run, who owns... Uh, an escape room in Sydney um, and, and people like that. So that was really fun. And then as that went forward, we had more and more podcasters. It became the norm to just have other podcasters of either similar or much larger size coming on the, coming on the show. So you can uh, already see the, yeah, it, it did just start being a, I mean, it feels like a natural transition. It, it, yeah, we exactly. We just had more and more of our airs. And then after that. I was going to describe it as like a building net. And I went, well, that's exactly what a network is. This is a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, most of it's just through cold contact on Twitter. As, the, <laughs> as time went by, we got um, 
you know, we had a few other uh, people in our in our season following that. We had like Mary Holland. Oh, she was in season three, actually. Who's, uh does the Wild Horses show in LA? Um, season two. No. Oh, yeah, season yeah. three. Sorry, I'm forgetting um, my seasons. We we got in contact with Jason Ritter uh, through Twitter. Um, who is uh, he's just in Raising D on Netflix? If people have watched that, uh, he's he was in Frozen Falls. Two. He's in Frozen Two, uh, and and you know that oh, he came on the show. He came on with Clea Duvall as well, who is a is an actress and a, and, a, and a director and very very talented. She was the one who would just sit there and then just wait and then come in with the correct answer straight away. <laughs> it was very fun. Um, our our most uh, serendipitous one was uh, the start of our fifth season. We had Neil Patrick Harris on the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and that was literally just because that's he a good was, get, you know. Yeah, if, but if you can get him, sure. Uh, he he was just a fan of the show. He 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 contacted, he contacted us. us and said, hey, can I come on your show? And we how said, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah okay. Sure, I'm sure we can make some space for you, Neil. Um, <laughs> right. So, but a lot of it, it really like if you if people listening to this, uh, if you're involved in trying to source guests, if you're an indie podcaster, Twitter is a great community for that. There are so many people out make there. Friends. Yeah. Um, and being guests on shows and, and like, I, I really love it. I, th- I think I love having people on the show. I like being able to support other people's shows by having them on ours. I like going onto other people's shows. Uh, and I like setting that up between people. I do a lot of stuff on Twitter of being like, Hey, you and you, you have, uh, you know, podcasts that match. You should go on each other's shows. And I'm sure I annoy some people <laughs> by trying to ship them. But, um, the, 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 the Twitter, the Twitter matchmaker. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just been a really good community for that. And also for just, cold calling famous people and be like, Hey, are you come on my show? <laughs> Sometimes it works. And then there's also the other thing that we just started that sort of started early on, but really got into a groove last season, which I found really kind of unexpected at how hmm. successful this is, which is saying, Oh, Hey, people who listen to this show, if you want to write your own, we'll play yes, it. Yes. That's been absolutely Less work for wonderful. me. And that just freaking worked. Like yeah. we had one yeah. person who, the uh, lovely Dave, who way back in season one said, Hey, I've written one. Could I do it for you? And we can record that for your show. Mm. And we said, yep, why not? We trust you. <laughs> and so ever since then, we just trusted people to come up with this stuff and they have delivered. Yeah. Our recent, it's been great. Uh, our recent season was, uh, was every second escape room was written by, someone else to that we played they came onto the show and ran it for us so apparently to an extent oh, if you awesome. want to put the word if you want to put the word out there and say hey come on my show and do all the work for me <laughs> right apparently well, that works great. well that that's that's a great thing about what i do is because essentially i just need to ask like i, I spend four seconds asking a question then i shut up and let people talk mm. and i do uh, feel like i let them do all the work talking. so you're <laughs> <laughs> no that's exactly what you're here for so you're you're nailing it um so was there a moment where you kind of felt like, you, you know, like a tipping point where you, where you woke up and your download numbers were through the roof or you were like, oh, people are actually really listening to this where you felt like, hey, you know, what? we might have something. For me, know. that was just yeah. when we hit 100 people. And I just mm. went, what? Oh, 100 people. I don't know 100 people. Some of these are strangers. Right. <laughs> it's been really interesting because our growth has been very consistent. There's no, haven't been any real jumps. Like there's been no point where suddenly it's like, so someone must be talking about us because we've just right, yeah. had that nice sort of straight 
lovely line on our on our download. Which is a mixed thing. blessing because on the one hand, it'd be great to wake up one day and have a million more downloads. That would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. But on the other hand, I suppose the whole slow and steady thing <laughs> is one of those hundreds of years old lessons. Well, we did have one fun moment last year when we were invited to go to a uh, a escape room conference in the Netherlands <laughs> to do a live show. That was cool. That was pretty oh, wow. fun. Yeah, that um, definitely took me by surprise. And that was really and just, good because we got to yeah. meet a lot of people in that That's industry. That's true. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of the people that we that we're friends with in that industry, we met at that event. We met the the Spires and and um, and uh, Ariel and Juliana and mm-hmm. all these all these people who people make Werewolf in a Box and people who run Room Escape Artist and all these yeah, lovely yeah. people. Um, the show itself was. Was, was fine. We we got a few people there. It was a very small audience, but uh, but but that felt like a moment. That was like, oh, okay, we we are yeah part of this yeah. community where like a, yeah, that was kind know. of it, I suppose. Feeling like we were part of uh, and contributing to a community was mm. definitely a big deal. Like the, the best thing, like okay, if you if you need like uh, for for us for our like our ego moment was our recent trip. Yeah, we went to LA oh, yeah. um, and we went to New York and we went to Toronto and, and, and we did all these spots in and just meeting people like escape room owners and escape room designers. And it's like, and people who've designed these fantastic, these things that like we could talk about for hours, these beautiful, beautiful escape rooms and, and like puzzles yeah. and amazing stuff. And then, and then for them to like go, Oh, I'm so glad I'm meeting you. I'm such a fan of the show. Uh, was, <laughs> was like, it was a really that was that was the moment. I think that's the moment where I'm like, oh, okay. The imposter syndrome is real. Yeah, but it's like, okay, like we're doing oh, something yeah, that, sure. that that for people sure. are appreciating, that the community mm. the community cares about and engages with. Um, and even though it's different, it's very different from what the majority of the community does. They don't have a oh, well, that doesn't count sort of feeling. Oh yeah, everybody in the escape room community is lovely, mm. except for all the bad ones. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> All the good ones are great. All the bad ones don't so yeah. much. I mean, that, that checks out. It's a bold That's statement, solid, but I stand by it. Um, <laughs> right, as you should. But, uh, but so that was really so, lovely. Um, to, to, because, yeah, because yeah. these people were amazing people. They're all mm. spectacular, creative people. And for them to lump us in with them was just wonderful. Mm. Made a big difference. And so you guys recently launched another show, right? I mean, it, fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. A new show. Kind of explain that one. What, how is that different? What does it do? All right, so Give me the elevator well, pitch. for one thing, we don't bring guests onto this one because let's face it, guest wrangling is hard. Yes, uh, but in this case, it does follow a sort of similar thing with me being a GM and Bill always being a player. Mm. But rather than escape rooms and puzzles, it is who done it murder mysteries. So I have settings, scenarios. I describe a murder that has happened, and there are all of these witnesses around. Mm. And Bill, playing the detective character, has to investigate and, at the end of a few hours, try to have figured out the crime. It is much harder. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> We've had people uh, tell us that it's they find it easier than the escape room because they're bad at puzzles, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is so much like I can follow it so much better." Uh, not that we really have anybody complaining about following the puzzles. They're, they're, I don't want to put anyone off our show. They're very easy to follow. But I think for people, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, the murder is so much easier. And I'm going, no, no, it's not. It's impossible. What is wrong with you? It's so hard to solve a whodunit. And I have to improvise. I have to put on voices. It yeah. is not comfortable. But it's, but it's fun. So, it, like, I go in completely blind. I have no idea. And I discover it as we go. And, and I question witnesses and... Uh, sometimes I'll get a report from the lab. We've done two murder mysteries so far. Uh, and we also invite anybody who listens to send in 
their guesses before the before the big denouement at the end that in the big reveal, like to say, look, email us in what you think. Like you can solve this murder, which is the the name of the yeah. show. Instead of escape this podcast, we could solve this murder. It's a whole it's a branding thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so so people have been really engaging with it. It's been really fun. It is much more i feel so much dumber and again you know i'm a solo <laughs> player like it's oh it's yeah hard. i need a hastings is what i need i need a <laughs> dr watson to come in and help me out but um but yeah that's been going really well uh, that actually evolved from uh some of our patreon bonus content so uh, on our on our patreon what we started doing was uh danny took existing murder mysteries so these all the ones we do on our on our show are original completely originally designed but uh, for the podcast, for the Patreon episodes, Danny would take like murders on the Rue Morgue um, or some and Poirot short, short stories story and she would convert them. She would read through them, write down all the information that each character has and convert them into a playable game. So that yeah. then I would play okay. through and I would ask questions and Danny would check her notes to see if that character knew anything about that and then would respond in character. Uh, and so we did those as bonus episodes and they were really fun, really enjoyable. So we thought this is a doable format we should see if we can do them as original stories that way we can actually make it a real show uh and so we did and, and it's been going really well it's uh it's been going really well and things are like to be honest i had a big thing just going hey we've got the word murder in the title isn't that like <laughs> the top podcast search term yeah <laughs> so yeah hoping for the explosion there <laughs> So, so what has been kind of your, your favorite thing about doing these games and running these rooms? Um, maybe in contrast to actually doing an in-person room, what is it about doing the, the audio ones that just, just kind of, you know, kind of sparks joy, if, if you'll use a Marie Kondo term? Ooh. If you get an answer to this one first, by all <laughs> means jump in. i got to think I about think this. Part of what, well, one of the things that's really good about it is because... Uh, for two reasons, because Danny is a very talented writer and because we have, you have more control in an audio setting, right? Like in an escape room, you build for the redundancy of, of player, like ridiculousness, sure, yeah, yeah. right? Like you got to make sure your walls can't be kicked through because someone's going to try and kick them through. You got to make sure, you know, so we have more control. We can just be like, no, nah, doesn't happen. Uh, and you also have more control with like funneling people in certain ways. and and. And they are not them, going to get lost in the story because you are right. controlling how they get through that yeah. story. And because they're engaging purely audio, like uh, one of the things that happens in a lot of escape rooms is while story stuff is happening, people are ignoring it because they're trying to solve the next puzzle, right? They can right. see it yeah, in the corner. And so they look over and like, no, I think I can solve that puzzle. I better start looking at it now. And, and, you, and you can get too caught up in the physical, like what I want to do and I'm going to move this and take this. And so when you remove that and people are just listening, you can, I think there's more space for narrative in the escape rooms that you design. It does make it easier to make it an important element. And so, because people have to stop and listen to it and they find like, and, and, and they, and they're really attentive to what they're hearing because that's all they have. And so I find one of the things that I really like in playing an audio only escape room is you can get so much character and story and, and role out of it that that is harder to manage in a physical space and often isn't isn't as as present it's because you it's easier like in the same way that it's i i find in the same way it's easier to play a tabletop role-playing game than it is to larp half the time because you you're there and you're you and you're physically 
holding his thing. Like, I don't know how to swing a this and that, you know. Like, <laughs> right, right. You can get yep. swept up in an audio escape room, I think, a little bit better when it comes to narrative. Uh, and because you're also very good at narrative design, that works quite well. Hmm. And I find that, I, I think that's really an engaging part of, of the whole genre. That's where I would pick to do an audio one over a physical one. It is interesting, isn't it? Because in the escape room community, people are always talking about, oh, how much narrative versus pure, raw puzzling do you like in your rooms and that sort of thing. And some people don't mind as much, but no one ever dislikes narrative. And it is true that it is such a hard thing to follow. And when people, sometimes game designers are struggling with properly incorporating that, especially because you have no idea how much your players are going to engage, especially since in real escape rooms, most of the market is people who have never done this before. Mm. They have no idea what to expect. We are lucky enough that we get to bring people in that we know are interested in this sort of thing. Yeah. We know they know how to engage properly. And it does mean that we do have there's it's true there's a lot more control and a lot more freedom at the same time in order mm. to make a nice contained story the way you want it to be and to leave them feeling like they reached a nice ending actually the freedom is important as well because you can on on like on the fly alter parts of the room that's if, true if someone's like gets yeah. caught up in the idea that this is what happened you, there's nothing stopping you and just be like that is what happened because there's no physical <laughs> right. design that needs to be it's just whatever you say yeah. it's changed so, so yeah, people if they can, come up with some sort of great solution that you didn't think of first, you know, yeah. that can be a solution. Yeah. All of a sudden, if you right? wanted to, you can just say, yeah, yeah okay, cool. That works, <laughs> you know, um, sure. which is, and you can also, but at the same time, you can stop them if they come up with a solution that you think, oh, technically that could work. Like that would open a, you know, a lock, but I don't want it to happen. So you just go, like, it doesn't work. Deal with it. <laughs> like, so it gives you, right. but yeah, it's right. a good mix of control and freedom that you get from that mm. control over the environment. It's also interesting, I don't know, just the other thing, I was clearly being more selfish when I was trying <laughs> to think of my responses to this and what makes this spark joy for me more than well, other you things. you run them, not play them. But because of that, I get to be in a nice situation. Like when you are solving puzzles, you will often feel smart. And if you've got a GM who really wants you to feel smart at the end of it, mm. great, you will feel smart and accomplished by the end of it. But, you know, sometimes in an escape room, what if you're with a really smart teammate and they do it all? <laughs> yeah, and you, yeah. I'm Whereas sure people on our show have had that happen. In the Game Master experience, well, if I wrote all the puzzles, people <laughs> tend to be pretty nice about liking the puzzles at the end. So <laughs> that sure. makes me feel good because yeah. really, I was the first person to solve that puzzle. <laughs> right. Um, but there is, do there, you guys do you guys play with it? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, well, there go ahead. Are, there's also definitely things that you miss, right? Like one of the beautiful things yeah. about an escape room is like, that moment where you walk through into some new area and you look and you're mm -hmm. like, this looks amazing. This is, you know, like there's, and, and like the physical feeling of, of moving stuff and, and, and dealing with things can be absolutely wonderful. There's like, there's definitely a lot of stuff that you can't capture fully in mm -hmm. the audio. And a big part of it is like set design, right? You can describe something to someone as looking real cool, but that's different from walking into that space and being like, I am in this submarine. I am in this, yeah, like yeah. this lab. I'm in this, like, and when they look good, when they pull it off, like that's a hard feeling to replicate. Um, so, so there's definitely some stuff where, you know, oh, I yeah. on certain I days, I'd definitely rather go play a rhythm. I would never recommend that our thing is a substitute for all physical escape rooms. Do both. Yeah, do both. both. great. When you can't afford to do another escape room, download one of our rooms and play that instead. And then subscribe to our Do you guys picture. play with a, uh, 
Do you play? Oh yeah, Patreon, of course. Uh, do you guys play with a timer no. in your game? Because um, that's I figured not, because I've only listened to a few episodes so far, but I hadn't noticed one. And that certainly, I think, probably impacts the vibe that the player experience. Yeah. Initially, like right Especially in episode, with like a group yeah. or a team setting. Right yeah. in season one, we did keep a timer we going. Time, we never yeah. would have ended. Like, that's the big thing. We're never going to kick a team out right. and, be, yeah. and say, sorry, I guess. Well, I guess the podcast is over yeah, now, exactly. guys. Sorry, go We'll never know the solution. But, <laughs> right. yeah, we sort of stopped doing that because I guess it just didn't feel like a necessary yeah, thing anymore. Wasn't really gaining much. Yeah. Like, really, honestly, a lot of the reason for timers, there's lots of, there's lots of, like, you won, you lost, you, you know, like, there's, there's tension, all this sort of stuff. But really, a big part of the reason for time is, is that you need to get the business. group out and another group in to keep running your business. Yeah, we yeah. don't have that as a, as a concern. Sure. Um, and so it, we just let it run through. And generally, the pacing of the room is such that by the end, people are generating their own tension anyway. <laughs> They're generating their own excitement. Things pick up. Things, things are like, oh, you know, this. can you get this? You've got to get this. Oh, no, we don't have people worried about their time. Or- yeah, there's some sort of inherent speedy mm. tension building to having just a few yeah. last elements and finally being able to piece them all together <coughs> in one fantastic building block yeah. at the end. So so we use the room design to generate that same tension that you can often get by the clock running out. Uh, and that way we don't have to have a clock running out. That said, there is often an implied clock yeah, in there. Like uh, there is often a... Uh, in a certain amount of time, an hour-ish, the police will get here, so you'd better do this quickly. Mm. I, it will never happen. They will never lose, but There's they know that there is... Timeline. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Works, and that works yeah. out quite well as well. Or, or, you know, ones where there's someone, like, you know, we've done a Witch's Tower episode, the witch is, like, there, you know, mm. like... She might come in at any point, or there's someone knocking on the door, and you're like, oh, I better solve this puzzle quick! Again, this is less from a timing like an escape room, Thing and this is more like trying to give motivation from a D and D perspective. The reason I put those narrative timers there is because I don't want players to decide. Oh, I just fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Which right. I'm it's always good. worried I about. Go, when I, go to the I, get a, I get an <laughs> ale and I ask about local jobs. What's the name of that dwarf right. in the corner? We um, have definitely played games where characters did that, so that is constantly <laughs> in the back of my mind. Yeah, I, th- I think we all have <laughs> for sure. Well, very cool. Let me jump to a question from one of my Patreon supporters, yeah. uh, Chelsea, who actually she works at an escape oh, room. Oh, nice. Um, so she said she was very excited to hear this episode. And she just wanted to know from you guys, what are your top five-ish rooms that you've ever been to in person? <laughs> so we recently did, as I was saying, we did a trip around LA. And there are some fantastic rooms that we did in LA. All, like straight away without thinking about, I'm not, I can't order a top five, but obviously. I feel almost like a cliche with some of what we're about to say because yeah. everybody, everybody in LA has the same opinion, but uh, Lab Rat in LA at Hatch Escapes is, I hope I don't get those companies wrong, okay. is phenomenal. Like we talked about narrative design, they do it spectacularly. Mm. Talked about environment design, they do it spectacularly. Puzzle design, spectacular. Every, every aspect of that is like, they are constantly one of the top rated escape rooms in the world don't, and they very much deserve it. Don't do it as your first escape room. Uh, it'll oh, it'll, it'll ruin you. And the other one that we that was in LA that we loved was Stash House. Uh, okay. Stash House is spectacular. The, the use of space is 
it's just too intelligent. Like it's just, it's like it's That's so remarkable. good that you, at the end you kind of feel like, like, yeah, you know what, you, you you get out of here. I'm smart too. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, look, you're showing off and how well you like the use of, the the use of like everything making sense within the space is so good. Like it it really like there's nothing that you that brings you out of the room to like, oh, I'm doing an, I'm doing an escape room with puzzles. Like it's so, everything's put together Oh, so you well. are in there. It's so good. The hint system is really, really good. Everything's, there's, we did so many good rooms. We did a great one in Niagara Falls, um, Dead Air, which is at, at oh, which, oh no, I want to say, were they Crux? I'm so sorry. I'm oh dear, come on, yes, Crux. Crux in, in Niagara Falls. Uh, they have a room called Dead Air and it is like, just such the, it's this it's this beautiful little experience like, like this trip that we did was in september october and just what yesterday i was just sitting down and i just went hey Billy, that How dead air room dead was air. really yeah. good and it's like and it's really like it's 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 like cleanly designed it's it's like it's it's got nothing fl- flashy there's no moment where you walk in and you're like oh my god look at this beautiful space it's it's just a really well-designed space. There's some very cool-looking things in there. Really good puzzles. Great flow. The the way that you have to use your brain to solve their mm. puzzles is just so refreshing, and it makes you feel so good about yourself. And like I said, that's what you want from yeah. puzzles. From a, I left feeling smart and happy. Yeah. From a local perspective, there's a room in Sydney which has – it's called The Lost Mine in, in Sydney at Mission Escape – and what it does so well, like the puzzles, the puzzles are great. The story's fine. The story's great, actually. The, the, there's lots of really interesting stuff happening. But the transitions from room to room are some of the best transitions. I've never I've seen ever, any other room do like, it. Experience in an escape room. There's literally there's one in which you don't open, like you don't go anywhere else. What you do is you go back through the door you came in, but earlier you physically moved the room you were in, like not press a button to trigger it. You literally move the room that you're currently standing in and go out the same door and it leads to somewhere else. It's just spectacular transitions and, and, and puzzles. Yeah. Really hard as well. It's a difficult Oh, room. yeah. It was not easy. How many is that? Four? Okay, that, what, was, that was only three. Nah, it was four. Four. You're right, four. Okay. Two now, in LA, Niagara Falls, yeah. one in Sydney. Okay. You got one left. My oh, there's so many one. good ones. I, if I don't mention your room and you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Oh, the room is spectacular. my God. Yeah. I, I it's very rare to have had a bad experience. Can I talk about one that Ooh, okay. I don't think other people would talk? It's not like a commonly I've never oh, yeah. mentioned anywhere the else. Last one that I want to mention, I don't often see on the list. And I'm I, always I'm adding it say, to people's And I'm list. not going to say that this is like better than everyone else's room. So it was just such a, a such a lovely experience in Toronto. Uh, yeah. There is a room called Phased and Confused, and okay. it was just. It, it is such a lovely use of space because it, they built this, this room and it's like a 70s bedroom room. Like you're like, you got to get your car keys so you can get out and go to the dance, you know, then your dad's hitting the keys. Like. Yeah. The room is tiny. It is so small. Like the, the room itself must be, it's, well, it's, it's, it's a walk-in it's wardrobe half, it's essentially. It's half a bedroom, right? Like, like the room we are in now is probably, is, which is a spare bedroom in, this, in our little apartment bigger than that room easily um it's this beautiful little space and it is packed with everything but the way they organize first of all it looks so authentic everything they've got looks great the puzzle design is really it fun it smelled really nice. authentic smelled and i don't authentic. know how they did that the, the timer was on a little old crt tv in the corner uh, yeah. like it was just spectacular but the way the puzzle flow worked we did it in two i don't think you could fit more than two really well. You could fit a couple, but two fit really soundly. Is that even in this room in which I probably only took, you know, 
I maybe went one meter in any direction before I hit a wall. I felt you feel like you would go on this journey around the room and through the room. It feels like you're traveling you around the space. You didn't feel cramped at all. At, at all. It was astonishing how like, well they did that. We did lots of lots of, lots of really good rooms, and like in terms of design and story and puzzle, like there are some fantastic rooms all throughout LA, in Sydney, in Melbourne. We've done an amazing room in Melbourne, the, the mm. mystery rooms in Melbourne. Like this, but Phase and Confused, just there was something about it. It was so charming and so, and I think I didn't because I hadn't really heard people mention it a huge amount and. And I didn't know what to expect. And when I walked in, I thought, oh, this is a cramped little space. I don't know. See, I didn't even notice. But it was just so enjoyable. And this beautiful journey through a tiny space that I can't remember. Like we didn't do it. Like we didn't go anywhere. But it felt like this long investigation. Yeah. Just I don't know how they it's beautiful design of puzzle flow. Uh, And I don't I don't you don't usually see a huge amount of people like talking about it I, I think it's a great room I, I would I absolutely loved it it's generally very hard to come up with a top five because you will get things like these where it's this one room has done things that I have never seen before or have never seen done yeah. this well anywhere before like say again for lost mine no one else has done room transitions the way they do does that make it a top five best yeah. rooms in the I world? Just, I don't know, these are the top but five this rooms is a memorable that, thing. Yeah, that jumped that, into my memory. Yeah. There are definitely rooms we've done that are yeah. better, worse, there at the same some, time as all of these rooms. Yeah. Right? Like, I love these. Like All of my favorite video games are both the best and the worst games at the same time. <laughs> but, right. but um, I tend right. not to dislike escape rooms much. We have no, had not many bad no, experiences. I think we've done like, maybe two rooms where we thought, eh, wouldn't do that. So that's it's definitely a hard question. Yeah. The other one, my number five, yeah. that I definitely want to put up here and like i said i don't see this recommended as often as some of the other ones like lab rat and stash house but i feel that that's really undervaluing it mm-hmm. which is menagerie well, that's new i think it, it is we somewhat were very, new, but... that's a great room at um level games yeah in and, la that will mm, and room. the thing about that <laughs> one is the puzzles that they had there, it sounds so silly. Oh, my God, they had good puzzles, right? They were like unique they had puzzles. utterly unique puzzles that clearly came from a team of brains who were just so passionate and happy with what they do, and they managed to come up with things that we've never seen anywhere before. Mm. And I don't even know how they came up with there the ideas some for some fun. of them. And we just, just looked at them and go, this can't be a thing. There's no way to physically make mm. this a thing that works. Yeah. And it does, and it's phenomenal and not just that because they were also these puzzles were also so oh it fit enjoyable to do there was one literally where someone in our group did it it did like a set you have to do the same puzzle like a few times in in stages and they did the first stage and then they stopped and they went i'm not going to do more of this puzzle all of you need to come over here stop what you're doing i know we might run out of time come over here watch this watch when i solve this puzzle this is so cool and it was it was just this beautiful moment like they had oh my god i'm just remembering some of the puzzles they had a puzzle of, uh, to do with balancing blood, like I, I can't even don't even want to give it away. Yeah. It's so it was so like the mechanism through which you solve this puzzle. Like these are kind of puzzles that in audio wouldn't be that interesting, right? Because definitely you, you tell sure. them like this, what happens? They're like, okay, cool. You need you need that like physicality yeah. of actually because when you do yeah. the puzzle, which in itself is a simple enough puzzle. When you solve it, it's like this is amazing. I'm watching this solution happen, and it's so engaging it's so cool you feel, there's so much payoff to it yeah. menagerie was a great yeah. room so i think a lot of this is less what do i think are the best rooms and it's just like name a room what do you remember from that mm. room and you just start to what get a smile on your face about you, a certain aspect just, yeah exactly what's your yeah. least favorite room daddy <laughs> <laughs> name address yeah ah 
That's great. Well, so I I have unfortunately only ever been able to do one escape room in my entire life because my friends are all lame and don't want to do them (laughs) for some reason. So I I took a buddy for a bachelor party to Vegas and I was like, we're we're doing an escape room. I don't care if you want to or not. We're going to. And we had a good time. But that being said, I do go to L.A. about once a month for work. And most days I just go back to my Airbnb and and read. Mm. Um, But where should I go when I'm in L.A., you know? solo yeah. you know or jo- joining up with a group what should i check out so if you're in la i don't know who does like public bookings like that so you might have to just find some people call beth may um <laughs> but so obviously the two we mentioned right if you're in la you, and you have time you do stash house do lab rat a lot of the okay. 60 outs there are 60 outs all throughout la there's heaps of them they're all Good rooms. Yeah, like we're not even accounting for. Like we didn't even mention any of the sixty outs, and yet there was one of them where it was just the two of us doing the room. And I did just stop for a moment, and I went, "Hey, Bill, let's just pause and look for a moment and just see how good this feels." Yeah, so again, even the ones we didn't just mention in that last question, there's so many beautiful rooms. Still make you really happy. Um, Level Games has uh, they have a few. So Level Games, Mm -hmm. which has Menagerie, which is spectacular, has I think two other rooms. One of which is the one where you play as dogs. Very fun room. Okay. Um, oh, oh, what was the one that had okay. uh, Perfuma? Oh, Perfuma they was are a, very highly regarded. Was at, oh, I can't remember the name. Oh, I can't my God. Which one had we, Perfuma. We're so bad at this. I, I'm uh, sorry. So that's I'm... Another, that's another, it's another sort of Russian company uh, that has these beautiful, beautiful rooms uh, with, with you know, good level design, but like set-wise, they are fantastic. 60 out. Uh, did you find which one was Perfuma? I'm getting there. I'm okay. getting there. Uh, quest um, room. Quest room. Quest room. And one of quest rooms, one um, red. Red giant. I red think. giant. Uh, we didn't get to do that one, unfortunately, but we've heard so okay. many people say Pops, that that's the best. It, or one of, of the list. best rooms that they've ever done. We also heard people say, no, oh, don't do it. Oh, it's terrible. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's the just best everything. and no. worst game you've ever no. played. We've had, we've had some people say there is an element of that room that I yeah. won't spoil, but I didn't love. That's true. But we've never, like, people love that. And Um, yeah, they do some gorgeous stuff. I'm sure, look, there's also places in LA to avoid, I'm sure. Uh, We've definitely had people tell us a lot of, in LA, just like, never go to this place. We'll leave that. you, you, you can text me those once we, uh, once we finish recording. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really loved ones. We did a few at Maze Escapes, I think. Was it Maze that yep. had a few locations? Mm-hmm. One of which was, uh, we did like, we did like no, four we of only them. Did, no, we only did two of them, didn't we? Well, I think that was both locations we went to. We went to two of their locations. Oh, God. Either way. There are so many rooms. Some really nice rooms. One of them, actually, <gasps> they had a, um, like a magic-y themed room, which had okay. puzzles that we also had in our magic themed room. That uh, was a maze. That wasn't oh, a sixty really? No, that was nice. Okay, cool. And, uh, oh. That was great. But also, we didn't solve them. Uh, we had no. we just didn't recognize it. And then our get, the people we were there with were like, "This is in your room. How did you not you, solve you've it? Done you? This, this is like, you. This is in yours." <laughs> um, purely coincidentally, uh, unless they stole that yeah. science or we stole theirs. But when um, it came to deciding what rooms we did in LA, we, we just, just tagged along. We just tagged along and took our local friends and had our friends who were local give us recommendations and then drag us to any that they hadn't done yet mm. and that was awesome yeah it was great so here's my tip get in contact with the uh, escape room community in la and just go take me somewhere <laughs> help me take <laughs> me somewhere i'll pay let's go uh, yeah. <laughs> that'll be the way to do it yeah la was a spectacular place for rooms 
Well, I'm, I'm actually going to be there in a couple of days, so I will uh, hop on Reddit after this and I will uh, get plugged mm-hmm. in and, and go check something out. I'll let you know what I do and what I think of it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. and the uh, Facebook uh, escape room enthusiast group is really helpful just, for that. They do geographical recommendations yes. for people a lot. If anyone in other areas wants to know what good rooms there are in the area, uh, like where they live, because it's hard because online reviews tend to be often left by first timers. And so that can yeah. mean that the reviews, whether positive or negative, don't necessarily have the best idea of what the experience should right, be or right, could yeah. be. Yeah, that makes sense. So definitely get on like escape room enthusiast groups uh, on Facebook, uh, the escape room subreddit, things like that. Like they'll give you some good recommendations as well. And if anyone's listening and you want recommendations for Sydney or other places, just send us a message. Send us a tweet at us at Ask This Podcast. I, send have, us a tweet. I have sent some emails that have gone on for quite some yes. time too, when too people have asked for recommendations. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, speaking of, of you guys, where can people find you um, online where they can, where can they find your show, follow you on social media? Uh, how can uh, listeners this check This is my you favorite out? part. I get to zone out. Uh, so um, obviously the show is escape <laughs> this podcast. Uh, just search that on any, any on Spotify or on iTunes or on Google play music or whatever it is, all, all that sort of stuff. So, Escape This Podcast will find you there. Uh, our website is very easily escapethispodcast.com. So you can head over there. Uh, on Twitter, we're at EskThisPodcast, E-S-C, This Podcast. Um, uh, I think everywhere else we're Escape This Podcast on, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, Escape This Podcast. Uh, and you can also do all the same pretty much for Solve This Murder. Um, so solvethismurder.com, find all that, uh, which is good fun. Most of it's linked across between the two. Uh, but yeah, sure. Instagram, we're vaguely active, but we don't often have images to share. Uh, it's hard when you're an audio medium. <laughs> Same thing about my show. I'm like, wait, do you want a picture of my microphone? Yeah. I don't know what else to show you. Uh, but yeah, we're very, I'm, very, I'm very active on Twitter. So if you have any questions and you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, I always have stupid things to say there. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, it's been great having you guys on. Uh, definitely have been enjoying the show. And, and I have not listened to the Neil Patrick Harris episode, but I'm a big uh, Neil Patrick fan. So I'll have to go check that one out. And um, I will be looking forward to the murder ones. I'll check those out as well. And and yeah, I'm excited to uh, hear what you guys have coming up in 2020. Yeah, it should be a big year. Man, thank you so much. I now I'm starting to feel the post-interview guilt waves of, oh my God, I just talked about myself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Well, that's that's the name of the game. So thank you guys for coming on and talking about yourselves because that was the whole idea. So A+. Feel that sense of achievement. You solved the uh, interview puzzle. Ah, hell yeah. Lovely. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening so much to the show. As always, you can check us out at Roll Persuasion on Instagram and on Twitter. I love interacting with you there. Andrew at RollForPersuasion.com if you just want to chat with me. To the rest of you guys, thank you for listening. And until next time, enjoy your games.